episode 185 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. We hope it's useful to and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site with commentary anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? Anarchists arrested in Greece from Atake via abolition media worldwide. Quote, on the afternoon of September 23rd, two comrades were arrested by the anti-terrorism cops. One, Polycarpos Georgiadis, was caught walking into a store in the Kalkaki district of Athens. The other, MT, was arrested in the street and taken to the Athens Central Police Station. After the arrests, there were searches. At MT's house, the cops found two pistols, which led to his arrest, along with that of his partner, EM, with whom he lives. In the store where Polycarpos was entering, the cops found AK-47 projectiles and explosives. At his home, they seized all computer storage media and any revolutionary publications, unquote. Maybe store here means storage space? Anyway, the two arrestees are presumed to be members of a group called Ola, or Group of People's Fighters, which has claimed nine actions since 2013. The cops are manufacturing evidence, as they do, and assuming complicity through association, also as they do. There has also been a well-attended Solidarity Assembly already, and there are plans for the future. Best of luck to all. Car Dealership Arson Claim from Noticias de la Guerra Social, translated by Anarchist News. Four vehicles are torched and office space is damaged from an incendiary attack. Quote, around 600 hours, an anonymous call alerted GOPE so that they would head to a service center due to a bomb threat. There, the police found a book bag with cables and elements that simulated an explosive charge. At the same time, and 15 blocks from that sector, the fire was starting to expand in the interior of the car dealership. The attack occurs amidst a wave of national protests for political prisoners and prisoners from the revolt, as well as a few days before the plebiscite for a new constitution, unquote. This ends with the claim of responsibility which starts, quote, We're nothing, we're nobody, don't look for us in any place because we're everywhere, we grow on trees and come out from under the rocks. We're I, you, him, her, and we know we're accomplices, unquote. And is more worth reading than usual, I think, so read it. Anarchist comrade Nico's letter from prison, 28th of September, 2020, from Act for Freedom Now. A longest reflection on one of the more popular tactics for state forces these days, that is, that attack on association, a.k.a. friendships. Quote, in other words, if there exists an environment capable of taking on its operational proposals and putting them into practice, then it is not necessary for the investigated people to have actually gone into action in order to identify them as the promoters of a subversive project and therefore of being part of a terrorist association. So the formula that usually specifies the context in which instigation to commit crime has to be expressed in order for instigation to stand out, the presence of a sensitive context to pick up the invitation to commit a crime is necessary, is being used to establish that of terrorism. We find ourselves faced with a kind of inversion of the cause with the effect. It is not because a subversive organization or association exists that consequently actions are carried out which are dangerous to the established order, Rather, a tautological discourse is built up, according to which it is because there is an environment, in this case anarchism, within which circulate ideas such as solidarity and the will to destroy the state, capital, and their expressions, and because at the same time attempts to pursue those ideas take place, there must necessarily be a terrorist subversive association that plans them, unquote. Anybody else remember Adam Curtis interviewing those Red Scare officials? 
The fact that there is no evidence proves that these people exist. Paranoia as a job description. Yay. Neither with prisons nor with laws. From Anarchist Political Organization Federation of Collectives Greece Chapter. Neither with prisons nor with laws. Fascism can be smashed only in the streets. Well, so if anyone gets to rant and wax poetic about fighting fascism, it's the Italians and the Greeks who deal more than most with actual fascists. Here some Greek folks discuss the conclusion of the trial of Golden Dawn, in which many Golden Downers were found guilty, <laughs> but also many were not. Quote, Seven years after Physis's death, we are facing the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic and the intensification of states and capitals attack to the society. The beginning of a new round of pillage of the social base with main points, labor's devaluation, the abolition of social insurance, the continuation of privatizations, as also the restructuring of the educational system and the criminalization of syndicalist action. From the normalization of the state of emergency, through the repression of social and class movements, and especially the anarchist-slash-anti-authoritarians, the evictions of squats, the police occupations of entire areas, to the banning of demonstrations and the generalized upgrading of the legislative arsenal against the people of the struggle. From the expansion of war against refugees and migrants and their attempts that aim to their demonization and their extinction from the public space, their incarceration into concentration camps, to the looting of nature, through the activation of capitalist engines of development that destroy local communities, mountains, rivers, lakes, seas, and forests, in the name of profit and of their total imposition over humans and nature, unquote. So, yeah, a bit Marxist, but obviously not wrong. The state continues to crack down whenever it moves against white supremacists and or fascists, etc. It is only to consolidate its own power and anarchists can appreciate the ability to take a break. But there is no long-term solution but revolution. Oops, got a little caught up there. Anyway, you know. Incendiary Dialogues from Anon. Quote, we present a new book by Black International Editions, an internationalist project of anarchic diffusion that, from an informal and seditious anarcho-insurrectional intent, resurfaces in Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and English with a new title, Incendiary Dialogues for the Propagation of Anarchic Sedition. The title is based on a dialogue on the course of the anarchic war between comrades Alfredo Cuspido, Gustavo Rodriguez, and Gabriel Pombo da Silva. We consciously decided to launch this booklet on May 22nd in timely celebration of Chaos Day, remembering anarchist comrade Mauricio Morales, who, on a day like today in 2009, left this life fighting against power when the bomb he was carrying in his backpack exploded prematurely, detonating a few meters away from the Gendarmerie School in Chile. We dedicate this book to all our comrades in prison around the world, with a special dedication to our comrade Alfredo Cospito, imprisoned in Italy, and to our beloved Gabriel Pombo da Silva, who was arrested in Portugal and extradited to Spain at the time this book was published. We send all our strength to Comrade Gabriel in the face of this new revenge by the authorities for his eternal, irreducible struggle, unquote. I wouldn't bet against Little Black Heart offering this title very soon. Not that I have any inside information or anything. Attack and Remembrance of Sean Kelleher from Puget Sound Anarchists. A very cute communique about actions on the anniversary of Armenia's death. Goddamn, has it only been a year? Quote, in the earliest hours of this morning, 161 windows were broken all across so-called Portland in memory of Sean Kelleher, a.k.a. Armenio Lewis. Banks, luxury cars, new condos, school buildings, businesses, and more were joyfully smashed in by individuals acting in a coordinated attack. We moved purposefully, acted quickly, and no one could stop us. It was fun as fuck. Policing, capital, authority, they are everywhere. We can attack them anywhere and have fun doing it. 
unquote. We continue to propagate the anarchic insurrection against power. From La Peste, translated by Anarchist News. This seems to be an argument for insurrectionary anarchism against, quote, the hierarchical logic of the party, the stagism of the syndicate, and the authoritarianism of the vanguard group, unquote. Many flourishes. Quote, for all this, it seems fundamental to us to revitalize the idea and anti-authoritarian action of the informal anarchic tendency. Memory is our weapon, and our own experience is the terrain for experimentation to ignite the incendiary mixture of our certainties, bets, and convictions materialized in the offensive against all forms of power. Deepen our roots, prepare our ground, take care of the new shoots, harden our trunk, and extend our branches and leaves so that anarchy and freedom flower, attacking the dominion despite its power and control, sabotaging its system, and propagating horizontality and affinity relations far from any citizen or leftist attempt to co-opt the revolt. That is the challenge that we take on today in the current scenario of struggle." Unquote. Death to the State! Solidarity with Monica and Francisco from Anarchia.info A one-minute-plus video in Spanish and Portuguese on Monica and Francisco with English transcription by Anews. Quote, the state tries to disguise all the brutality and violence inherent in its existence by accusing anarchists of violence. But there's no way to compare the violence of colonialism, the military, the police, and neoliberalism with rocks, Molotov cocktails, and other tools used by peoples that resist genocide and oppression, and the destruction of all the ecosystems that maintain all the life on Earth, unquote. Between Electoral Politics and Civil War, from Crime Think. A nuanced and appropriate piece on the dangers of getting distracted by people who are clamoring that everyone should vote. While Crime Think does not stand up for other people who make nuanced arguments, they are capable of making some themselves, and that is welcome, of course. Quote, here is the strongest argument we can imagine for voting. If we understand ourselves as engaged in an outright conflict with an opposing army comprised of all the forces of the state, it might make sense to take advantage of a chance, however small, to influence who will lead that army against us. From this perspective, it could be worth taking a half hour to cast a ballot, assuming there is really no more effective way to employ that particular half hour. But it could never justify diverting our attention from our offensive efforts or letting our enemies know where we sleep at night. Note, registered voters have their addresses on record. To those who worry that voting legitimizes our rulers, we might counter that the chief way we legitimize their rule is by not overthrowing them. Unquote. It goes on to explain how the center uses both extremes of right and left to maintain power. And from personal experience, I can say that every single election has included anarchists who claim that this time is exceptional and require us to hold our noses and cast them ballots. Drinking the Kool-Aid is so easy. It's just sitting there all chilled and bright red. The Sad Dilemma of A, Anarchist Magazine, from El Libertario by Mario DeVito, originally in Italian, then translated into Spanish, then translated from Spanish into English by Anarchist News. A cranky piece full of conflict that is far away and nothing to do with us. Longtime editor of a very long-running Italian anarchist magazine killed himself in July of this year. A group of people associated with the magazine have said that it will not be possible to continue it without him. Other people are pissed off about that and challenge the validity of the group to make such a decision. DeVito expresses clearly his skepticism about the relevance of people not already intimately involved in a project who nevertheless think they can continue it. Quote, This is how Paolo Finzi's will also becomes a battlefield. Is it closed or not? And, even if the founder had decided to take the magazine with him, would it really be right to comply with his wishes or would it be better to discuss them? 
There are, for example, those who reject this decision, real or presumed, as an expression of authoritarianism, a not very anarchic attribute, and therefore it should be rejected in its entirety, whatever the cost. In the end, maybe, Finzi's legacy is not to be sought in the magazine that he raised as if it were a daughter, but in his own words, or in the always persecuted will to bring libertarian thought out from its canonical places, beyond his own, out of their liturgies and their more or less narrow spaces, in the continuous and obstinate search for that breath that is felt in all parts of the world. The torch of anarchy that remains lit, even after the anarchists, by definition, expelled without guilt, have left." Unquote. I knew someone who avoided talking about her death to stay out of difficult arguments between her children, and now her children don't talk to each other anymore. Some fights have no winners. Review of Protest in Belarus from Promen.io, a review of different sectors of revolt cataloged as workers by region, drivers, women, anarchists, self-defense groups, MIA slash KGB, and neighborhoods slash districts. It is mostly depressing, with stories of how things worked for us initially, but were heavily and brutally repressed, how the cops originally were making lots of mistakes and are not anymore, etc. I will share with you the one moment of levity I found in the entire description of the anarchist presence. Quote, Anarchists, anti-fascists, and soccer fans. In Belarusian society in recent months, thanks to the media and the regime itself, a legend has been formed about knights in black clothing who can burn cops at one glance. Karev himself is afraid of these legendary protesters. However, for real overall success, we need our fellow protesters to perceive us as legitimate participants in the general protest campaign and to hear our proposals on fighting tactics, unquote. Burning cops at one glance is pretty awesome, though. Damn those legends biting us in the ass. Recalling the first week of the uprising in Seattle from Puget Sound Anarchists, a daily report of the events in Seattle catalyzed by George Floyd's murder, police violence, and COVID-19. If you want a blow-by-blow -blow report of what it's like to live through and participate in daily street actions over a period of weeks, this is an option. Also includes many links to other articles. Quote, My friend and I had to leave. Their legs had been shot up by police munitions, and I had simply inhaled too much tear gas to jump back in the fight. It feels strange to call it a fight now, because people would scream at you to stop provoking the police if you fought back at all after they shot up everyone with all crowd-controlled tactics on hand. But the rage and frustration, all the emotion, the injuries, it certainly feels like a fight now. Guzzling a bottle of water helped my lungs to stop burning from the tear gas, but the cops left me feeling powerless and that feeling wouldn't wash away. We passed multiple burning dumpsters on our way home, complete with groups of people arguing whether to put the fire out or let it burn. The crosswalk is still charred months later." Unquote. It ends with the beginning of Chaz or Chop and invites others to add their memories and analysis of their time. It's bound to be a bit triumphalist to talk about that time span, but that's okay, if we don't take it too seriously. The exhilaration of those events can get us through some downer times, of which there are plenty. Audio and video, three approaches to Kaczynski. 55, 23, and 21 minutes, respectively, from Immediatism.com. As you can tell from the title, these are three essays tackling the subject of Uncle Ted, the man, the bombings, the manifesto, etc. Of most interest to me is the third in this series, written by English anarchist theorist John Moore. In it, Moore examines and is critical of Kaczynski's commitments to anti-authoritarianism, bringing up Uncle Ted's call to create a revolutionary anti-tech political ideology complete with revolutionary vanguard. 
Moore also brings in Freddie Perlman's idea of the drums and the spears, pointing out that to purely focus on turning people into system-destroying weapons is to miss a need for the regeneration of human community and culture to emphasize the spear while ignoring the drum. William C. Anderson on Anarchism, an hour and 13 minutes from IGD. Fresh from their interview on NPR, William C. Anderson stops by IGD to talk about their book, As Black as Resistance, which was co-authored with Zoe Samudzi, the history of black anarchism, and the current moment, Trump, the pandemic, etc. Throughout the discussion, Anderson brings up the point that anarchists should not get stuck in sectarianism, that we need to always be theorizing new ways of acting and being in order to respond to the world. On the face of it, I basically agree with that statement, but when Anderson fleshes out what they mean by this, it just ends up sounding an awful lot like standard mutual aid, so I'm a little confused. Read Wilderness essays, 30, 40, and 31 minutes, respectively, also from immediatism.com. Here, Immediatism presents three essays written by one of the founders of Gods and Radicals Press. The first, and to me best, piece comes from Black Seed Issue 5, which is a journal of indigenous anarchy. In it, Wildermuth connects the various ways we have of describing how people become possessed by concepts, spooks, and ideologies, advocating a move toward a world without forms, a place where humans move beyond the boxes we're forced into. The last two pieces deal with the various reasons and ways that people have resisted technological progress, as well as the fascistic nature of said progress. Now, let's all take a minute to think about how weird four pay radical classes are. Oh, did I say that out loud? Topic of the week, anarchy and morality. Heroes go above and beyond the call of duty, acting boldly in the face of fear, defying it. Cowards fail to do what they're expected, giving in to fear, shying away from action. Is your anarchism duty-free or duty-bound? What are the countless duties imposed by society? Waging war, working, and providing care, all activities that ensure its reproduction and maintenance. Is your anarchism warlike? Is it like a work in progress? Is it caring or careless, careful or carefree? Who does society venerate as heroes? Those who excel in their light of duty, frontliners, like soldiers, cops, firefighters, medical professionals, and those come to the rescue, rising to the occasion due to circumstance rather than trade. Isn't the hero always the good guy? Who does society vilify as cowards? Those who refuse to attack as ordered, sorry, those who refuse to attack as ordered, like draft dodgers and deserters, as well as those who sneakily attack, like violent protesters who hide behind masks and inside property destruction, or terrorists with their dastardly plots. It also, it can also deem suicides as cowards, suicide bombers doubly so. What is it to be heroic or cowardly in anarchy? Can there even be such a thing as anarchic duties? Self-sacrifice for fear of being called a coward is conformism. Maybe heroism and cowardice are merely the carrot and the stick of duty, coercing you into doing as you're told, or as you are expected to act, rewarding you for good behavior, punishing you for bad behavior, enforcing obedience according to the dictates of morality. How is anarchy distinct from Christian morality and society's dominant values? 
Can we imagine anarchy beyond good and evil? Where do you draw the line? Does your anarchy consider terrorism, but not massacre? In the upswing of revolt we've seen this year, we're seeing everyday people set cop cars and precincts ablaze with great approval from onlookers. Meanwhile, anarchists make, anarchists make the best of the spotlight to explain to the public the truth about today's anarchists. Excuse me. Responding to people's perception of anarchism as dangerous, distancing themselves from anarchists of the deed in an effort to make people stop blaming everything bad on anarchists. To the degree that anarchy is rehabilitated for the general public, more people will ask themselves, what's so bad about anarchy anyway? As the most recent episode of the A News podcast invites us to reflect regarding a recent NPR segment titled, What is Anarchism? Anarchism is clearly having a mainstream media moment, and while I'm not 100% sure exactly what that says about that current moment, it does certainly bring up the question of whether anarchists should shy away from or embrace it in some manner, and in either case, how we do it. Now, in terms of this NPR piece, I think we all know it was never going to be great, but the ever-present Kim Kelly, the published by Penguin Ruth Kenna, and William C. Anderson as the not totally expected, but definitely expected to be wholesome guests, we get the talking points you'd expect. Anarchy isn't chaos. It's actually very orderly. Anarchists aren't bomb-throwing terrorists. Anarchists are nice, fluffy people who do mutual aid. What this will do for the typical NPR listener's view of anarchism, I really have no idea. Shout out to the caller who talked about all civilized societies needing governments. But how anarchists deal with mainstream media, particularly during a time when anarchism has been revived as America's boogeyman, should probably be a bigger topic of discussion. Does having people like Kim Kelly acting as the face of anarchy allow you others to work in the shadows with less interference? Does it mean that anything that moves outside that cute and cuddly frame becomes a target for increased repression? Should we be trying to get on mainstream media news outlets to say that actually anarchists do sometimes throw bombs, and that's actually kind of cool because explosions? Many more questions. <sighs> Greetings. Hi, Anarchy Land. How are you today? Well, that was a lot. Okay. Ariel here with more questions than all the time necessary to answer them. But Nettle and I are going to do our very best to tackle some of this. Hi, Nettle. Hello. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me. Good afternoon. Um... So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many things. I know. It was hard to dive into this one uh, because there's so many points of argument and just like <clears throat> like the the stuff about the NPR thing from last time and Kim Kelly and all those people. Um, it, it's just it, it isn't that. I necessarily disagree with them in a certain way. It's, it's more just like they never, they would never say they have to fit it in the framework. That's acceptable language and not just language. I don't mean like swear words. I mean, uh, modes of thought. And, um, you know, I would, I obviously would take that someplace, pardon me, completely different, but yeah, but actually as to morality, it, it just brings up for me, it always brings up a lot of questions of um, what do we value? What do we not value? And our values and ethics and morality, are those the same thing? 
do we mean them differently? Uh, because a lot of people are like, oh, morality, that's just, it's always off the table. We never, we're supposed to be amoralists or anti-moralists or, you know, this, the beyond good and evil. And I'm always like, so then is fracking okay? Like is, then is global capitalism okay? Cause it's like, where do you, you know, like, I'm always, I have a, a thing like, I don't, like Christian morality, but I don't think anything goes either. So where is that line? That's kind of what I was trying to get at with my my comment of just... With your fantastic comment. So if people have not looked at the question online or read the comments, the comments devolve into nonsense pretty quickly. <laughs> but the very first comment is by Nettle and it's fantastic. Um, so, Okay. So one of the linchpins here is people talking about anarchy on NPR and Kim Kelly and Ruth Kenna are sweet, lovely people. I don't know William C. Anderson. I've never met him. Um, and they were never going to do anything but make the case for why anarchists are just your nice neighbors that you don't know yet. Yeah, I think... Uh- Speaking, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time with the NPR thing, but uh, no, it's not strictly about morality. I think if you if you're an anarchist and you've been an anarchist for a while and you listen closely enough, they pause at just the right time, and the what they don't say uh, mm-hmm. is what they can't say, right? And then they say what they can say. Um, so in a way, they are just giving a, a bunch of crap out. But it's the crap that they can actually say. Got you. That's what I was trying to get at. Yes. It's like, uh, particularly William C. Anderson, who I don't, I don't really know either. I don't. Yeah. I f- think I follow him on Twitter, but I'm not. I don't really have a sense of who he is. Um, and he also did the, you know, the, the same thing. Those it was like, you could tell there was this pause, and he was like, okay, I know the answer I want to give is this, but the answer that the NPR people are going to not censor me about okay. is this. And that's how I took that anything in the mainstream. That's kind of how I take it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but then on to like, you know, morality and propaganda of the deed. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Well, so (laughs) part of it is it seems obvious, right? That, That if you... Take anarchy at face value and accept, you know, the basic tenets of uh, anti-state, anti-capital, mutual aid, then there is a morality built into that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, Yeah. And we can pick slogans to demonstrate it. So people over profits, Um, you know, the, 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 I mean, on some level, it's almost in an ideological place at its purest sense it it's almost plucking uh you know one liners from the commies uh from from each from each of their ability from each according whatever that is yeah, yeah. see no you were <laughs> supposed to know you were going to know cuz i was going to get it wrong um you know to each to their need or however it goes um but of course that's the oversimplified version mm-hmm. and and we actually know in in the real world, anarchists are 
deeply moralistic and judgmental Mm -hmm. and very often toe a Christian line of morality better than most Christians do. So, you know, I I just like, I've been around for so long that I'm just, I just like, I don't know. Can I have this conversation again? Really? Even? Um, Yeah. Which I didn't start here, but you and I were talking before we started recording. And so now I'm more interested in the hero part than I was when I first read this. Um, Yeah, I guess, you know, I didn't, I did, I kind of just glossed over the hero part in my own brain while reading this last week Um, because I don't really know where to go with it. I feel like uh, heroes are seen as people who do something above and beyond, but I feel like to me, we should just be doing what is required that we do. Um, so if you're, you know, if, if your house starts burning, you move to put the fire out or you move to get your pets and your housemates out or whatever is required, depending on what's going on. Right. So that's an extreme example, but I feel like that's where I come at heroes. I, I don't, I don't know if you're a hero if you do that, but I feel like my anarchist ethic is what's in front of you has a certain requirement. And if you live up to that, you're being an anarchist. And if you, if you shy away from that, somehow you're, you either fall back on authority or you fall back on, maybe it isn't cowardice, but somehow appealing to some other authority to me is the cowardice as opposed to, what do I do in this situation? What is required of me in this particular situation? I don't know. Something like that. So part of this is, and we talked about this a little bit, is so what's the dominant culture's narrative around being a hero? And there is part of it that's like going above and, the, above and beyond. But at the same time, it's, it is also just people who do their jobs when their jobs are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you break it down to its simplest idea a firefighter's job is to run into a burning building that everyone else is trying to get out of yeah that is what they get paid for yeah that's insane but okay yeah. i'm really glad that somebody wants to do it um and firefighters are most often referred to as heroes yeah so are you a hero just for doing the job doing your job and our culture would say yes mm-hmm. um but it also re- I mean, it, oddly, it also applies to the baseball player who makes a really great catch. I, exactly. You know, you're exactly. just like, okay, so, but how, I, okay. So sometimes heroes go above and beyond. Sometimes heroes are just doing their job. And sometimes heroes are just in the right place at the right time. Right. So yeah. one of the things that it brings up for me is I don't, I do not believe that I have ever really seen anyone intentionally or with any kind of self-awareness define what it means for anarchists to have heroes. But I believe that we do have Mm -hmm. plenty of heroes or put differently. um, There are plenty of people who both contemporarily and historically have chosen lifestyles that we fetishize. Yeah. um, That we want to, you know, put up as examples of this is how you defy the state. Uh, this is how you behave if you're in, in in the face of, you know, whatever, the Great Depression. Um, and so the I guess to have a conversation about heroes, I would want to examine how 
how our heroes are different from everybody else's, mm-hmm. from the rest of the societies, from the dominant cultures. Uh, and I think that the answer to that is both obvious and totally not obvious. So that's one part of it. Um, and it's interesting to me that the writer has attached heroism to duty. Uh-huh. Um, which yeah. is honestly not something I've ever particularly thought about. Because conceptually, I think of duty as something that is imposed and not chosen. And so it, you know, it ruffles the Mm -hmm. the anti-authoritarian in me. But maybe that's not appropriate. And because I also, like you, you know, if if I'm standing in front of a house on fire, I'm not a firefighter. But my first instinct is still, can I help? Yeah. Is there something I should be doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And that, and, and you know, would I say that we we have a duty to each other in these moments. Maybe, maybe I would, maybe I'm not. So I'm not going to bristle so hard at that conceptually or be so offended by it. Uh, Yeah. yeah. The the question of duty was an interesting one. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure what to do with that. I mean, I feel like there's, it's very, uh, when I was thinking about this earlier, like to me, duty is very law based. Like, right. you know, you have a duty to disclose X, Y, and Z and it's all legalese and, or it's like military, right. you have a duty you know, or police, you have a duty to do this particular right. thing. Um, and uh, I don't think either of those fit, but the idea, like I was saying earlier to me, there's a, rather than duty, there's a, maybe a requirement around things that could be done should be done mm-hmm. i i it, it is funny because like i all that language is very problematic the, the idea of having to or should or what is required or what is expected or what are we obligated to do and that's why at the bottom i met of my comment i said the thing about the humanism because in all these conversations we're always talking about mutual aid but it's human to human you know uh all these obligations are about what mm. humans do with other humans. Sure. And I'm like, don't we have an obligation to the world? I mean, maybe not in those words, but the idea that uh, global capitalism is screwing shit up. Mm-hmm. And to me, a self-defense argument and a duty to the natural world argument says there are certain things that could be done in that scenario. Right. And, and, what are they? How do you do them? How do you figure that out? Um, just taking into consideration that we are not the only people. We are not the only sentient beings. Right. And what does that do to duty or to obligation or to mutual aid? You know, <laughs> so it, it's a it, much, it gets deeper, I think, like for me anyway. Well, I mean, I certainly know quite a few people who that's where they would start. Yeah. That our duty is to is to the is to the planet and the mm-hmm. protection of the planet that our species is destroying. And our duty is to the, you know, millions of other species both, you know, flora and fauna and and that are that are being, you know, wiped out on a weekly basis and uh, that that's that's who we owe some, you know, allegiance and protectionism to and uh and so like, I don't think that that's a hard case to make at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's, it's hard to just put it in language that 
doesn't sound like moralism though. I, that's that's where I'm getting the that's I, the conundrum. And for I me. I think that that's true because I think moralism owns the word duty. Yeah. And 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 con- and conceptually gets to gets to put weight behind it. Uh and so we have to decide that like if this is who we want to be, if if we if we want to say that this is an absolute that's going to get worked into the framework of being an anarchist, then we either are going to have to find another word or or own duty and try to wrestle it from, you know, all the patriots and mm-hmm. all the pro cop and all the Christians and 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 not just not just the Christians. Um, uh, um, uh, I've heard my Jewish friends use the word duty. I've heard my Muslim friends use the word duty. Yeah. So you know, I, I think it's got a lot of religion behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is that a fight that we want to fight? Is this important? And honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, because you know, I've really only been thinking about this for about. 15 minutes or so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while. And the the religion question has always been a conundrum to me because uh, in the in a weird way, like anarchism is really tied in with atheism, in a, in a like no gods, no masters, that whole thing. Sure. There is a whole other wing of people, though, who are trying to bring the spirituality back into the anarchism mm-hmm. or to uncover the fact that they've never really been disconnected and you know i so i i kind of i go in that direction but i also understand why people reacted against christianity and against that moralism in the time that they did um but my thought is that unless you have some religious system some morality that's tied to something higher you can't get people to go along with it. It's hard oh, to, you know, like uh, to me, the idea is that you would, for anarchists is you, you get rid of received morality and you find your own morality. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is people always get rid of received reality and never bother to find their own morality. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the, the, one of the conundrums for me. And then it's like, well, do you want to impose that? That doesn't seem right. Either. Right. <laughs> like, all these are ongoing questions that I don't, I only have questions. I don't have a whole lot of answers. Uh, Sorry. I. Well, yeah, that's disappointing then. Why in the hell are you here? No, no, no. Um, I, um, I am a, a, I, I, my anarchy coming in Bay of age was deeply tied to no gods, no masters, but I also spent <laughs> quite a bit of time with, modern day Catholics who were clearly the descendants of the Catholic workers in mm-hmm. New York. Oh, uh-huh. um, and their like their anarchy was a big deal and it's still here and it yeah. never went away. Yeah. And, and, and I also, I don't want no gods, no masters to mean that you can't choose to have a relationship with your God. Cause I don't get to decide that mm-hmm. for you. Um, and so, uh, I, I definitely, um, uh, I, I don't like the, the position that it, that it has to be atheist to actually be anarchist that fundamentally doesn't make any sense to me. Um, 
yeah, because who the hell am I? Like, you know, yeah, just like in any yeah. other way, I don't get to tell you what to believe or what to believe in. And and if your anarchy is deeply tied to your belief in, you know, Jesus Christ or Allah, then uh, then well, good for you. Okay, that mm-hmm. I, I, I just. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely have chosen a particular side of that no gods, no masters argument. Um, and I, but I find that I feel like the people who bring kind of the strongest moral positions to these arguments aren't any of that. Uh huh. They are not particularly no gods, no masters. They are not particularly, you know, of a faith of a particular religion or God. It, it's just there. So often they're there. It's their own set, their own sense of what is right is one and, and what is wrong. But then it is, is morphed and emboldened by political ideology. And so it just comes off as self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, not in the name of, or the service of a greater thing or a, a bigger thing that they believe, but other than, other than just their rightness, which is probably the part that is the most frustrating for me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this gets into, to me about uh, like, how do you resolve conflict? Um, How do you do like, um, like in, in an anarchist position, if you're facing the state, you're going to act a particular way. But if you're facing other anarchists, my hope is that you would, relate to those people in a different way. Like yeah. you wouldn't have the same, uh, whatever we're calling it, morality, ethic, um, right. action, um, because you want to do away with the state and all that, that entails all the other things that I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. And, but then when you have a relationship with your fellow anarchists and you have conflict, how do you deal with that? Like you don't, you don't call the cops, right. but you, and, and maybe you don't want the, to let them get away with whatever they're getting away with, whatever the hell that means. Right. But also how do you, you know, like how, how do you do, how do you engage in that uh, and not push someone away from anarchism or whatever, sure. you know, like, I don't know. There's a whole <laughs> lot of questions about that, that. Absolutely. And I don't actually think that we have, we don't think we about don't, it very often. Well, <clears throat> and I think in practice, we don't have any good answers yeah. for it. I think in practice, these, these moments usually play out in, well, not really a great way. Yeah, people, so. we're all we're all tagged with a <laughs> conflict avoidant brush, really, um, and it kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, so as to like, what is who's a hero and who's a coward, and you know, I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't even know I've how been, to talk about the coward part because I just don't, I don't think about the world in those terms. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a path I can walk where I can, you know, move through an intellectual and philosophical exercise about heroes, but I don't know how to do it about cowards. And I guess mostly because I'm not, I'm not sure that that's, that, there, that we get anything from that, that it's useful. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like it, calling someone a coward is such a hot take yeah uh because context matters and decisions are hard and self-preservation is our instinct and um and so assuming that you can make all things be equal and eliminate all the nuances and difficulties and decide that someone is a coward for their behavior is odd yeah to me yeah so 
I mean, that, I don't even I don't even know what to do with it. That is, of course, imposing a morality in, from the back way. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. And I and and the, and the same thing with, uh, um, well, no. I mean, obviously, you talk they talk about suicide bombers and 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 people who commit suicide and mm-hmm. and and I've never understood why those people are cowards. I think anybody who's who's willing to give their life for something they believe in or let their life go in the name of something better. Like I, I just would imagine that takes a tremendous amount of bravery. Yeah. To willfully end your own life, regardless of whether or not you're going to take other people with you or if it's just yourself. And, and the idea that, that that makes someone's a, ca- a coward is not something that I have ever understood. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I, so much depends on what is, unseen about the other person mm-hmm. um like i can't know what's in right. someone's and I, yeah, unknowable yeah. yeah it's unknowable no absolutely so someone could just be crossing the street and for them that's the bravest thing they've done that day and like how how yeah. do i know like i don't know no, no. and uh yeah because i mean i think part of what keeps us in line is this the, the trauma that we all suffer and that mm-hmm. we never we never can really tell. Like we all think our trauma is the biggest thing. And to right. us it is. You can't, it's apples and oranges. You really can't relate it. So yeah. Absolutely. Oh man. Any other thoughts? Oh, I don't know. Just, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, recently it's funny. I've had, uh, I've heard two different summations of the history of anarchy from mm. one. They're both from, uh, a different podcast, Immediatism. I will shout out Immediatism. It's Yay, so Immediatism. Uh, the the one from uh, the Pagan Anarchism. And then, mm-hmm. a, okay, there was another one. I can't remember what it was. But it was like running through the history of anarchy. And we don't, I, I was struck by how it, it isn't about, uh, what am I trying to say? I should have thought of this before I started speaking. <laughs> Um, there's a, the history is like about all these peak acts that people do. Yeah. And, and what do those mean? And, um, I feel like, uh, for me, I, I'm wanting to get to the under the bottom of that question, which is what do people do in their day-to-day lives? That isn't about the peaks, because I feel like that's where the, the, I, I don't want to use the word morality, but that's where the ethic plays out, right? Like in your day to day, what do you do day to day as opposed to what can you muster for that pamphlet you're writing or sure. that speech or. No, no, yeah. the, it's, it's, it play, it plays out in the mundane acts. Yeah. Is what and, you're saying, I think. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. I, I feel like uh, all the unseen acts that people do every day that are awesome, that nobody ever hears about. Yeah. Well, there you go, Anarchy Land. Uh, just because it's mundane and no one's watching doesn't mean that there's not awesome there. So I like the idea of that. And I'm going to hang on to that for the rest <laughs> of the day. Uh, thank you to the A-News Collective for this question. Um, and I hope that we did it some kind of good service there was a lot there uh until next time anarchy land uh stay safe watch your backs stay angry take care 
And we'll see you next time. Bye. Respect your friends, how they feel and think. Respect your family for all the joys they bring. Respect your teachers, for they make you wise. Respect your pets, for they make you smile. This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. The What's New was written and read by Chislin Greg. And we thank Ariel and her friend for their help with the topic of the week, morality. To learn more anarchist and anti-political books, pamphlets, and other material available on lovebloodcart.com for news at, by and or about anarchists and up to the minute commentary, see you at anarchistnews.org and or the Anarchist News IRC chat room linked on A-News and or the Antisocial Pleroma. Put the dots in the right place. Have a good week. Come from the heart. Respect thoughts. For they tell who you are Respect wishes and try to make them come true Respect rules, they are meant for your good Treat others as you would wish others to treat you Give and get